the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. A happy, blessed Sunday morning to you. Tonight, I'm your guest host, Stephen Mitchell, filling in for Sam Nicholas, and we have a very special guest tonight. We have Sammy's son, Peter Nicholas. He's come in to join us to do the study tonight. So we want to say God bless you. Thank you for coming in, Pete. No problem. God bless you, too. Today is the day of Palm Sunday. Jesus' triumphal entry. And most preachings that you'll hear today are going to be about the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. But tonight, we have a study. Peter and I were speaking yesterday, and it just so happened that Sammy left town, and I was going to be taking care of the radio for him. And we got to talking about John chapter 15. And in 15 is where Jesus talks about the vine and the branches. And the Lord led us to bring that study tonight. So we ask that you would pray with us, hear the word of God, let it affect you. Before we get into the study, as always, we're going to get to the phones. If you have any prayers, if you have any questions, Please call in. The phone number is 888-995-5552. 888-995-5552. We're going to go to the first line. Mike needs some prayer. Hello, Mike. Hi. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you. How Good about to you? hear. Doing all right. Thank you. God bless you. How can we help you tonight? I'll just uh, say a prayer for me and my mom again. She had a few, she's had her different illnesses, but she always recovers. Amen. Amen. God is good that way. Father, we come before you tonight and we pray for Mike, for his mom. Lord, we pray that your healing would cover their home, cover their lives, fill them, Father, to the overflow. Father, I I remember Peter's mother-in-law was sick, and once you healed her, She got up and began to serve, Father, and I pray the same for Mike's mom. Lord, that you would continue to heal her, Father. You've done it before, and we ask that you would do it again. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Thanks again. God bless you, and good night. To you, too. Amen. Again, any, any questions, any prayers, 
please give a call, 888-995-5552. As we begin to go into the study, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you for your word. Your word is life. It is hope. It is strength. Your word is awesome and beyond compare. Yes, Father, it's what gives us life. It's what feeds us and strengthens us. It's what gives us direction to go forward, to live the lives that you have called us to. So we pray tonight that you would speak to us. Holy Spirit, take your place. Fill us. Plant seed tonight, Lord, and let it bear much fruit, we ask. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. So tonight we're going to be reading out of John chapter 15. Peter, take it away. Uh, John chapter 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, if you remember any part of this word tonight, start with, apart from me, you can do nothing. Continuing in the scripture, if you do remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown. If you do not remain in me, I messed that up. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches, branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Do you want me to keep going? or Lead it. Lord, I pray that you would give us wisdom while that delicious that we would only hear and speak what you desire. Father, have your way, Lord. In your holy name we pray. Amen. You know, this has always been maybe my favorite chapter or my favorite verses in the Bible. Because it talks so much about our connection to the Lord. You know, we talk a lot about having a relationship with God, but we don't really explain a lot what it means to have this relationship with God. What is a relationship with God? You know, you can't be saved without a relationship with God. But what does that mean? How do I have a relationship with God? Because a lot of people can have bad relationships, but I don't want that, all right? Our relationship with God has to do with our connection to Him. And this is the perfect metaphor for that because what is more dependent than a branch to a vine and that vine to the tree and to the tree to the deep roots that it's connected to? This is... This is our source of life. This is our our source for everything. And to be not connected to this, well, it says it, we wither 
and we die and we're thrown away. That's not God's purpose. It's not what he wants for us. That's just the result of our disconnection from him. So to keep in life, to keep in harmony with God, we have to keep that connection with him. You know, it says, apart from me, you can do nothing. This implies that that constant connection to God isn't a suggestion, isn't a thought, but it's completely necessary. If we want to accomplish anything, if we want to bear fruit, but what does it mean to bear fruit? All right, You can go with all the, the big explanations. Well, maybe you're supposed to be a pastor. Maybe you're supposed to start a church. Maybe you're supposed to be a, a missionary and go from country to country uh, saving people. And all that is good, but is that the complete definition of bearing fruit? In Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Now look at how these two verses complement each other. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It says in John 15.5. But in Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens, with me, strengthens me. You know, there's a, there's a promise and there's a condition. All right? Through Christ, in him, you can do all things. Apart from him, you can do nothing. I was, I was telling Stephen this story the other day about, uh, well, what we were talking about is God as our sustainer. And what does it mean? All right, because I keep looking at the different, our, our relationship with God through different points of view. And I started to look at and I started to think about God as our sustainer. All right, what does that mean? To sustain means to strengthen or to support either physically or mentally, to give support or relief, to supply with sustenance or to nourish. All right, much like a vine nourishes a branch okay it's the source of all life it's the source of our strength it's a so- source of it's like it's basically like eating you know what i mean it's you eat you're fed and you have strength that's that's who god is to us so oh go ahead peter there's something that i taught a while ago um Jesus calls is called the bread of life. Uh, he's called the living water. He's called um, uh, the air. He's called the sun. He's called things that people need to live. Without sunlight, you don't get the vitamins you need. Your body begins to deteriorate. People who stay out of the sun a lot, uh, uh, one of our nephews was not in the sun a lot, and he was lacking in vitamins. It's actually, it's called a vitamin D deficiency. Yes. Um, You don't drink water. There's only a certain amount of time that you can survive without water. You don't eat, and there's only a certain amount of time that you can survive without eating. You don't breathe. And there's only a certain amount of time that you can survive without breathing. And God gave me this word that he's called himself 
all the things that we need to survive. We eat to physically survive. When we don't eat, we're malnutritioned. We don't receive what we need to be strong, to be strengthened. And here, Jesus, in his word, has called himself all of these things to make us understand, I need to be what you need to live, to survive, to be strengthened. Uh, I gave this word before, uh, a soldier that doesn't eat all week, all month, cannot be expected to go forward and to fight the good fight, can't be expected to stand, let alone to fight, to run the good race, because he hasn't received what he needs to go forward to do what he is supposed to do. And in the Lord's Prayer, there's a part that says, give us this day our daily bread. And people usually think that that means um, towards finances, the things they need to, to live in this world. But when you do a study on that word, the description that it says is providing for the believer everything he needs, seen by seen to live God's preferred will. And what it says there is your daily bread is God giving you what you need in order to go from one part of your life to the next. Every day, the Bible says every day is a battle. Every day we fight against powers and principalities. Every day we have to choose to say, I will live for Christ today. I will live for God today. But when we are not receiving what we need, like the branches from the vine, it becomes impossible. Because we don't receive the nutrients, the strength, the feeding, the water, what we need in order to go forward as God has called us to. You know what the sad thing is, though? A lot of people look at that as kind of a burden. Okay? When what is God saying? Now, in here, he's saying, I am the true vine. You mentioned that he said that uh, he's the bread of life, right? But how does Jesus introduce that idea? What does he say? I am the bread of life, right? Mm-hmm. When uh, when Moses met up with God and asked, who are you? What did God say? I am that I am. Okay. Uh, in Psalms, it says that he is our son and shield. All right. Not son as in our child. Son as in S-U-N. All right. What is the son? The son is the source of all life on this planet. All right, you would have nothing if God did not provide the Son. If God not was not the Son, all right. What is God saying by saying, "Stay connected to me"? He's telling you, or He's asking you to remain healthy. All right, because if you go without the source of life, if you go without water, if you go without food, what happens? You become dehydrated. You lack, just like you said, in vitamins. But it, it's not just like a technical thing. This is what we need to feel healthy, to be healthy, all right? God is not saying, let me burden you with these things that are going to hurt you. What he's saying is, let me give you these things that will bless you. Stop cutting yourself off from the source of all life. Stop cutting yourself off from the things that will bless you and make you happy. Who's not happy when they're healthy, okay? I've been both ways. I've been both 
extremely overweight and then extremely healthy and then back to overweight and then not totally back to healthy yet, but you want to know something? I'm happy when I'm healthy. Why would we refuse God the joy of giving us what we want ourselves? I think it's honestly because sometimes we allow the world, like he did uh, with Eve in the garden, just to present the thought maybe there's something else that might be better. Maybe there's something else that will make me happier. When this is just a complete lie from the enemy, there is nothing that will make us happier than being connected and in a loving relationship with God. You got something? Peter, it's, the word you said is, is, is amazing to me. God is coming to us with this great offer, with this wonderful gift that we don't deserve, and we look at it as a burden sometimes. What a shame. It's too hard. I don't want to give up this part of my life. I don't need help in this area of my life. Uh, Lord, you can have 99% of my life, but this part's too hard. And God is saying, if you'll give it all to me, that means I can bless all of it. I can work with all of it. Something God showed me a while ago was that he can only bless and work with and increase and direct the parts of our lives that we allow him to. Uh, I did a study with the boys uh, last Wednesday about the seven churches of Revelation. And in the last church, the church of Laodicea, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. This letter was to a church that had Jesus on the outside of it. And Jesus is telling them, I want to come in and dine with you. I want to fellowship with you. I want to be with you guys. I want to work with you. I want to bless you. I want to lead you. But they were so focused on their own lives that they kept Jesus on the outside. They didn't allow him in to take full control. To me, that would be like a branch that had dried up. And we see in the word what happens to the branch that dries up. It's cut off. Why? Because Jesus wanted that to happen? No, because there is no life there. And it eventually becomes brittle. When we talked about it the other day, you were saying how easy it is to rip off a dried up branch. How easy it is to tear it off because it doesn't have what it needs to hold on. I don't know if you've tried tearing a vine before. I had a wall full of vines and it was impossible to tear one off because they were all fresh. They were all watered. They were all linked together to the main vine. And instead of pulling one off, it was extremely hard, but we pulled off the wall and the whole thing all as one came down off the wall because it was connected. It was strong. It didn't rip. It just loosened its grip on the wall. And stood together. It all stood together. I was looking at this chapter, and I got to realize something. All right. Why would a, a, a branch connected to a very healthy, a very deep-rooted tree full of life not bear fruit? Because there's a connection problem. Because something about the, the branch is not allowing the sap to, from, the, from the tree, from the vine, to get in there 
there's a connection problem. It's not properly connected. And that's the choice of, for this metaphor, us being the branch. That's our choice. You know, uh, we were talking about being engrafted. In Romans 11, it talks about, uh, about being engrafted. All right? We're not the original branches that are supposed to, supposed to be connected to, to Jesus. That's what, we're right. not the original chosen people. It was the, the Jewish people that were, that were supposed to be originally connected to God, but they chose to not see Jesus as the, as the Messiah. And now we get to be taken from one place to be put, to be engrafted. What does it mean to be engrafted, for a branch to be engrafted to a vine? To graft means to be to in to be inserted, all right, or to be transplanted, all right. When somebody is uh, burned, they do a skin graft, all right. They take good skin from somewhere and put it over the bad skin, and they engraft it. You know what? Taking the place of what is no longer there, all right. If we choose to allow the vine to have, to allow the vine to connect us the way it's supposed to be, then we have no choice but to bear good fruit. All right? If we choose to keep a part of ourselves away from the vine, if we choose to keep a separation, then the goodness that's in the vine can't reach the branch and we won't bear fruit. But what kind of fruit does the Lord want us to bear? Now I was telling you about, you know what, uh, yeah, you could start a church, you could be a pastor, you could be an elder, you could be uh, an usher, you can be the guy that cleans the church or the guy that just sits there. There is fruit to be bared. We, we complicate things by saying there's got to be this big thing. right? But I was telling you a story how I was in the hospital with someone and, well, it's your cousin, so... Uh, <laughs> And he's been in the hospital for, for over two months and went through this infection and this problem and that complication and this. And I told him, you know what? I'm very impressed with you and your wife. And he said, why? I said, because you're not crazy. You should be insane right now with everything that's happened to you. You should be absolutely crazy. But you're not. He actually was a testimony to me because we were still praying. We were still asking God for the healing, the healing that he didn't receive fully yet. He still believed that he was going to get. I thank God that he's doing so much better now. Amen. And he's in the middle of the, the healing he's, or he's at the, the end point of the healing. But at that point, it was all just bad news. Yeah. It's enough to make people go crazy. But because we're connected to the vine, the good fruit that we can bear is that we still remain with him. I'll give you my personal testimony. You want to know something? My connection to God was always, I would always be reading, I would always be listening to preaching, I would always be worshiping, I would always be praying. I didn't have a connection problem with God, but you know what? Through my laziness, through my stupidity, I kind of separated from God a bit, and I was no longer receiving that the fullness of that life that he was giving me, right? So I'm driving over here and I'm listening to a sermon because, you know, whenever I'm studying, I'm listening to other sermons about what I'm studying. 
and I'm listening to John MacArthur, and he's talking about uh, John chapter 15 and everything that he's saying. I'm like, wow, this is great. Wow, this is great. And I'm receiving so much joy from what I'm hearing. And then I realize I cut myself off from this for absolutely no reason. Right. My, my entire day was listening to Christian radio. Now it's not. And am I happier for it? No. Without God, I feel nothing. Apart from him, I can do nothing. Apart from him, I accomplish nothing. What good fruit does he, does he want us to bear? By still remaining in him. Amen. By still being with him. You know the good fruit that I saw? It wasn't that your cousin brought salvation to a million people. It wasn't like Greg Laurie at, uh, at Angel Stadium. It was a testimony that even though he's been through all this horrible stuff, God sustained him so strongly, not perfectly. Of course, there's damage. Of course, there's, there's, there's the times when you shake your fist at God. But you know what? God sustained him because he was still connected to the vine. Amen. Amen. And, Peter, I want to get to what it means to stay connected to the vine and how we stay connected to the vine. But first, we're going to go back to the phones. There are some prayer and some questions that's needed. We're going to go to line one to Dave. Hello. Hi. Hey, Dave. Uh, God bless you. I, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. Thank you. Good to hear. Um, I, just need, I just need some prayer because I'm diabetic and I've been having pain in my legs and my feet. So I just want to hear, Lord, it's me. Okay. Lord, we come before you, Father, and we know that you are able to heal. Yes, Lord. We know, Father, that your hand is mighty. You have created this body, and you are able to do above and beyond what we can ask or think, Father. So we pray for Dave tonight, Father, that you would bring healing and strength to his body, Father, that... Uh, every problem would be under control and manageable, Father, and that you would give him rest and strength, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise you, Lord. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Good night, Dave. We're going to go to the next line to Yuri, who's got some questions. Yuri, God bless you. Hey, thank you. And God bless you guys for the program you're putting on there. Praise the Lord. Uh, in Revelation twenty two sixteen, in the King James Version, it says, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you of these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. So that tells me that the book of Revelation was written to the church, not necessarily the Jew or the Gentile, but Jesus said, I've sent my angel to testify to you of these things in the churches. And so, based on that, I have a, a question about Revelation 2, okay. 10 and 11. Revelation 2, 10 and 11. And I'll read it in the King James. It says, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee the crown of life. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He, he that overcometh shall not be heard of the second death. What what does this refer to? Where is this fulfillment? Where is the where is uh, what what section of, of scripture is this verse relating to? These verses. Well, 
Um, I'm glad that uh, um, that you called at the time you did, uh, because normally I would not be as versed as I am. We actually uh, just finished the seven churches of Revelation, and uh, I believe you're speaking to the church of Smyrna, uh, one of the churches that um, did not receive a rebuke from Christ, uh, but instead just an encouragement because they held on. Uh, in doing the study, because I did do some deep study into this, uh, they have nothing to reference what the the 10 days was. If that was something that came up or if it's something that is uh, an end times um, uh, prophecy um, and they had nothing to completely um, say that this represents the 10 days. Uh, as far as the uh, the second death, um, what that means is the, the true death. The body dies the first time, but the second death would be um, going to hell. Uh, that would be the second death that he's, reference, that he's referencing. Um, yeah, the lake of fire, uh, Revelation 20, 10 to 15. Correct. But I want to bring your attention to what I think is the fulfillment of, of this promise that the Lord's making to the church. And that's Revelation 12, verses 7 to 11. Okay. And the King James, here it is. It says, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought against his angels. And prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And that great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole earth. The whole world, it says. And he was cast out into the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And here it is. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. So to me, realizing the book of Revelation was not written to the Jew, nor the Gentile, but to the church. Right. And, and the promise of Christ to the church in Revelation 2, 10, and 11, says to him that overcomes will not be heard of the second death, given the crown of life. And so to me, the future of this prophecy is when the devil is cast out of heaven and he see, and he comes down here and sees his time is short and then we'll overcome him by the, the word of our testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. And so, Amen. That's, that's the way I see it. And uh, <clears throat> there's, only one, there's only one class of people that's going to overcome. And, and that's found in First John chapter 5. Uh, three to five, and it says, uh, "Well, yeah, first Peter here, Revelation, first John, first John five, three to five, uh, first John 
by three to five. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Here it is. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So there you have it. The only, the only class of people that's going to overcome is going to be those that are Christians. Amen. Amen. We, absolutely. Absolutely. So we overcome. What's that? Oh, absolutely. I agree with you. Yeah. And then, and then there's another interesting promise in the book of Revelation. And it's Revelation 3, 21 and, and 22, which is a promise again to the to the church and uh, it says that uh, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne he that has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches and the fulfillment of that is found in Revelation 20, 4 through 6. And it says, 22, Revelation 20. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads, nor in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years, but the rest of the dead lived not again until a thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. So if that promise of Revelation 3, 21, 22 by Christ to the church is fulfilled, and I think it is in Revelation 24 through 6, then what does that prove? To me, it proves there is no pre-trib rapture. Because you couldn't have a pre-trib rapture between Revelation 3, 21, 22, which is the promise of Christ. And the fulfillment to that is Revelation 24 through 6. That means that Satan has already been on the scene, the Antichrist has already been on the scene, and he's, and he's killed the, the believer because they would not bow down and worship the image of the beast and receive the mark upon their forehead or hand. So to me, that proves there's no preterm rapture in between that. You know what the problem is, is with that? that? No. You're still just guessing. And I don't mean to I don't mean to to say it in the wrong way, but no matter what, trying to say that this is this proves this about revelation and this proves that about revelation, there's no point to it because it hasn't happened yet. So many people have their own different interpretations of pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. 
But no matter what, even we, if we give the greatest, most intelligent argument in the world, it's still just guessing because it's all unfulfilled prophecy. The best thing to do, though, is to remain in a relationship, a loving, fruitful relationship with God. Because if we do, no matter what, look, you also said in the beginning, you read out of Revelation that, you know, we're, we're going to endure some suffering. And all I heard when you read that scripture was, look at the world today. I think we're already there where we're seeing things and we're suffering through things. But by grace, we're overcoming them. Okay? In Romans 8.37, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Okay, in all these things, everything that's going on in the world today, you know, if you really if you really look at the world today, it looks like Christians are losing. We're becoming the the people that the whole world looks down on. And that's just not true. And no matter what happens, no matter what we suffer, because we are in this loving, fruitful, wonderful relationship with God, we're going to overcome all that stuff by remaining in him. Amen. And we can guess as to how and what and why everything is going to happen. But to me, and I, I don't want to sound terrible, but it's not important. What's important is who we are and how we are with God today. Amen. Amen. You know, the, the thing about pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib is that it's non-salvational. And... Everybody interprets Revelation uh, as far as the uh, uh, the rapture. Uh, everybody interprets it differently. Your father has a word um, for it when he says, and he says, you know, I believe pre-trib, and you can believe post-trib, and if I get out of here first, you can you have, have my car. My <laughs> <laughs> but the important thing, um, Yuri, like Pete was saying, um you know, it's it's possible. I really hope not, and, and we see a lot of signs of Jesus saving his people uh, from the terrible destruction, from the time of destruction. Uh, there is no absolute concrete um, direction as to um, which one it is. We do believe uh, pre-trib. We, we pray pre-trib. Uh, but like Peter was saying, because I actually had this conversation yesterday, uh, because we were going through revelations and we're going to be going uh, deeper into the revelation. We were just going to do the seven churches. And the guys uh, that I teach were asking if we could go a little bit further into revelation. And, you know, we were talking about it and they were saying, you know, some of it is, is scary. A few of the guys are, are scared with the things that revelation reveals and and the timing and all of that. And some of them don't know if we're going to be pre-trib uh, mid-trib or post-trib. And here's exactly what I said, pretty much what Peter shared, is that all through it, regardless of when God comes to take us home, you know, Yuri, you said it, we have the promise that God is going to take us home. He who overcomes, he who holds on, he who trusts in the Lord, he who follows the Lord, he who loves the Lord and has a relationship with the Lord, he who clings to the Lord, like John 3.16 says, no matter what, even through the tribulation, 
believing in, trusting in, that no matter what, even if we are tortured in this world, even if we go through problems and sickness in this world, we still have a God who loves us and died for us. Mm -hmm. And because we follow him, because we have accepted what he has done, and he is our Lord and Savior, because of that, whenever he comes to take us home, we have the promise that he is coming to take us home. Amen? Amen. Oh, amen, yeah. No, I, uh, I'm, I used to be, I used to believe in the free tree of rapture, but then I, when I read the Bible for myself, I, I discovered that, uh, well, it's not there. And Revelation 4.1 is really, when you look at it, it's only John being taken up to see the hereafter to write the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. And so I would, be, I would not want to add anything to that especially in light of Revelation twenty two eighteen, where the Lord says, if you add anything to the words of the prophecy of this book, I'll add the plagues that are written in this book. And so I, would, I wouldn't want to add anything to Revelation 4, 1 that's not there. It's not John and his dog or John and his cat. It's just John to see the hereafter to write the book of Revelation, as he was commanded to do in Revelation 1, 19 and 1, 11, to write the you know, write the things which are, which will be after, hereafter. And then he's taking up the seat hereafter. Amen. Amen. So, I, I agree. We are not to add or remove from the word. Um, but yeah, there are a few things that are, are kind of left open-ended. And, uh, and we just pray either which way. We pray that God would have his way and that as we continue to walk with him, he would continue to give us the strength as long as we need it. As long as as we're here on this earth, whatever we go through, that the Lord would be in charge, that we would submit to him, and that we would see his salvation when the day comes. But you know, one thing, one thing that's interesting, you read Revelation, I mean, not Revelation, Matthew 24, and you don't find any rapture, any future rapture, all you, you know, there, is, there isn't any. You know, it's interesting. Somebody actually called me last week, and I haven't had the chance to, but uh, it was Matthew 24, and oh, I can't remember the other scripture. I believe it was in Luke uh, that he wanted to start studying uh, because of uh, the rapture and to see, you know, where exactly it would be. Um, but I haven't gotten a chance to get to it just yet. Yeah, and then Mark 13 is another. And as a matter of fact, in Mark 13, uh, the Lord says, I foretold you all things, and yet and yet, there's no future rapture there. Mm-hmm. And yet he said, I told, told you all things regarding the second coming. So Matthew 24 and, and Mark 13, uh, neither one have any, any future rapture there. So that's really interesting. But where, where would you say that, that we could find the rapture? Where would, is it Revelation 4.1? Um, to be completely honest with you, in the places that I found it, um, I haven't done much study. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I've grown up in the church, and uh, this was the teaching that I received. And the things that I have seen that back it up to me, nothing specific, but just seeing the times where God says, I will save you from the destruction. I will save you from uh, every time that there was uh, a problem, and, and he would place his church, his people, on the side. Um, but now that it is coming up more in my life, I'm actually going to get uh, a little deeper into it. 
in order to be able to defend better uh, what my belief is. And still, um, you know, like I said, still accepting because it is non-salvational, um, you know, oh, yeah. people are, are able to believe as they see the word revealed to them. Um, and and in either way, uh, we still pray for each other. We still lift up the name of God and we still glorify him together. And hopefully whenever that time is, we all get to go together. Right. And there's an interesting verse uh, in the King James. And I don't think it's, tra- well, I know it's not translated accurately because I've, I've read the, the Greek word on it. It says, Revelation three three ten King James, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. And so looking at that from the King James, that looks like we're going to be kept out of the trial, the temptation. But when you look at the word from and the Greek, it's not apo, it's ek. And ek is the same as Revelation 7, 14, where it says, who are these with the palms in their hands and white robes? And, And these are they that came out of the great tribulation. And out of is from, it's actual, it's, you know, preposition from shows action, shows movement from point A to point B. They came out of the Great Tribulation. And the word ek is also, word, word was mistranslated from. And so the, those, those that keep the word of my patience, I will keep thee through the tribulation, through the hour, ek, through. Because ek, if you draw a circle and put a dot in the middle like a, t- a target, and if you take a line from the middle of that target out past the circle on, that's ek in the Greek. Now, if you draw a line from the circle, not the dot in the middle, but from the out perimeter circle, and, and line that away also, now that would be awful. That would be not, not having been in, but on the surface, away from, whereas ek is from the middle out from the, to the surface on, and, and, and all the way on. And then dia would be through. And you wonder, well, why didn't the Holy Spirit use the word through if he was if you're going to be kept through the tribulation? Well, that's that would be more, uh, you would think it would be the word he would use. But to me, the reason he didn't use through but used ek is because we're not just kept by God through the hour of trial, but forever. Once you receive Christ, you're kept forever. Amen. So it would be, so if you just use the word through, dia, uh, well, what about after that? What about after the tribulation? We kept, sure you are, you're kept forever. So, yeah, in your study, take a a look. Yeah, definitely I will. Hey, can I ask you a question? Uh, Sure. All right. So now that you have this knowledge and you feel that you're right about when the tribulation or when the the rapture is going to happen, how does this affect you in the way that you live? Oh. What does this with inspire you to do? With the sovereignty of God, with the sovereignty of God, you rest in that. As a matter of fact, yeah. But does the, the Bible does the Bible call you to rest in that, or if you feel that this this pressing, uh 
this pressing knowledge that you have as to when it's going to happen or that the rapture is coming, what does that inspire yeah. you to do? Does it inspire you to, to, to call out to people and to speak with people and to try and bring others to the salvation that you now have? Oh, the salvation is oh. in Christ. In the rapture, whether it is or not, you know, is no, 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 as far as salvation. But that's my, my look, concern is my concern is that the church, instead of instead of preaching, you know, the sovereignty of God, and we're going to suffer for His namesake. It's like He suffered for our sin, and we're suffering, going to suffer for His name because we're Christians. Yeah, but before uh, before God, we God. let you go, I just want to yeah. I just want to encourage you that. If your focus is that the rapture is coming, and thank God for God. for your own salvation, but yeah. focus on those that don't or haven't received this salvation that you value, oh, yeah, that I you do. that you rejoice in. Sure. So, thank you. God bless you for calling. We appreciate it. I appreciate your program and your ministry. Amen. God bless you guys. God bless you, Yuri. Um, we will uh, pray for you once we hang up, and we pray the Lord takes you forward. And uses you in a mighty way. Amen? Thank you. Amen. Lord, we pray for Yuri. We pray for all those around him. We pray for ourselves, Father. Truly, your word says not to add or remove, Father. And we do not want to add or remove. And we pray for wisdom and direction, Lord, on how to operate in your word. Father, we pray that truthfully, whatever the time is that you come for us, Lord, if it's before, if it's in the middle, if it's after, Lord, that we would stand strong with you. Yes, Lord. That as your word says in Revelation, he that overcomes. Father, we want to be those that overcome. Doesn't matter when. Just matters that we're with you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We're going to try and get back to the study. Um, we were talking about um, about how to be in the vine. We talked about so far how the vine that is separated becomes brittle and weak, is easily broken. And it's not that the source is not good, it's that the connection is not good. And there's something that you see in 15 Peter, and he repeatedly says it. The word that Jesus, Jesus himself is saying these words is, I am in the Father, the Father is in me, you remain in me, and that's how we go forward. And he keeps saying it over and over and over again. So I think there's a little something there that Jesus is trying to teach us. The importance of remaining in Jesus. The, the importance to your strength. The importance to bearing fruit. See, this is one thing that we forget about. We as Christians are to bear fruit. We are the branch that is connected to the vine. The vine produces the fruit through the branch and then allows others to be fed by it. And more than that, uh, I, I said this the other night uh, in our study, there's a reason that he uses fruit because fruit has the potential not only to feed and to sustain and to give power, but within it, it has the seed which can bear even more fruit. And this is part of our lives. This is what a Christian life is supposed to be. 
We are to be connected to Christ in such a way, <coughs> excuse me, that he is able through us to feed the hungry, Amen. to sustain them, to give them strength, and that we might plant more seeds and bear more fruit through others and bring others into the branch into the relationship with Christ, into the place where they can be engrafted and fed. You know what I love about this metaphor? Everything that you're saying is a completely natural process. Okay? Amen. We now live in a world where pretty much every part of ministry seems to have a forced hand in it. You know what? Uh, I hate to say it, there are a lot of people operating outside their calling. Hmm. I hate that about the world, but that's the way it is. Because we know how the process works, we can imitate the process, but are we submitting under the natural process? The natural process is to feed off the vine. The natural process is to bear fruit. Okay, There's, This is just the physical reaction of being connected to the vine, which is connected to the tree, which is connected to the roots. It's not like the... Like the fruit wills itself to bear fruit. No, it's the natural process. It's not something that can be forced. It's not something that can be manufactured. And whether we like to to believe it or not, it can't actually be imitated because all the imitation fruit, the plastic fruit that people make and put on on tables for, for decoration, that's not real and there's no life in that. But if we submit under the natural process of being connected to the vine, then we'll bear real fruit that actually gives life. Amen. Okay? So we need to get away from the the process ministry. We need to get away from the imitation ministry and get back to being connected to the vine and allowing God to produce something in our lives that can actually give life to somebody else because we seem to stop thinking we keep to st- we stop our thoughts at ourselves well I'm saved look of uh, no criticism on uh like the last caller we had all right what do we do with that knowledge what i wanted to get to was all right we know that god's coming back we know that the rapture is coming we know that there's going to be a tribulation whether we're a part of it or not but that's that knowledge is supposed to inspire us to go tell somebody else Amen. hey guess what there's Amen. a god that loves you there's a father that is seeking to pull you out of this world out of this ugliness and into 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 this beautiful place where he'll keep, all right, in Psalms 91.1, it says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will do what? Will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. Okay? We have a place with God that the unsaved don't have. But it shouldn't be a, ha-ha, we got it and you don't kind of attitude. It should be, wait a second, why can't you come to where I'm at? Why can't you rest in the shadow of the Almighty also? Because I haven't given you the knowledge yet. I haven't given you the word yet that Jesus Christ loves you and has a place for you in his kingdom. That's the natural fruit that we bear when we're connected to the vine. That we're going to tell somebody, hey, you know what? Jesus loves you and has a place for you in his kingdom. It's not going to be putting on, uh, it's not just going to be putting on revivals and retreats. All that stuff is beautiful. But the purpose of that is to 
is that salvation would come to God's people. Amen. That's why we're here. The glorification of God through the salvation of his people. We are to glorify God by being used for the salvation of his people. Amen. Amen. Peter, we we have a lot of uh, cliches, and, and we've only got a couple minutes left, so... I want to get to it quick. We have cliches in the church. You've got to love God. You've got to walk with God. You've got to be engrafted to God. Plain and simple, how do we do this? The Word of God is what gives life, is what gives you understanding, is what gives you direction of who God is. Prayer is so absolutely important to a Christian, not just the prayer of, Lord, I need financial physical, I need, I want, but prayer that spends time in relationship with God. The greatest, the most powerful, the most important thing is John 17, 3, and this is eternal life that you would know the one true God and the one he sent, Jesus Christ. God wants relationship with you, and whatever it takes to get that relationship, putting your nose in the Bible, putting your face on the ground and staying in prayer, not asking of anything, but just seeking the Lord and even staying silent in prayer, waiting for the Lord to speak. Peter, the way to be a fruitful branch is to stay in God by any means necessary that your life becomes entwined with Christ and that you go forward walking, talking, loving, living for and allowing him to live through you. In order for you to bear fruit, you need to know better the one who is the true vine. Amen? Amen. In Micah uh, 6, 8, it says, And what does the Lord require of you? To act... Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Walking with God. Loving mercy, acting justly. This is how we remain with God, by just being in the same room with Him. Amen. Amen. That's our time for tonight. We will be back next week, both Peter and I. Yes, Peter and I. We want to thank you for listening tonight. Lord, we pray your blessing upon your people. We thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for all you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and good night. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.